Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Kanasa Tatu. Is that... I looked up how are you in Gaelic. Okay. <laughs> Kanasa Tatu. Tatu. <laughs> if anyone who speaks Gaelic is listening to this, please let us know how terrible Mitha's accent was. I don't, like, no, I'm not going to get that right. <laughs> Gaelic is actually, like, it sounds real complex. Yeah. It sounds also, like, like how... Tamil. Like, <laughs> no but you know what i mean like tamil yeah. sounds like a really complex language too it does. and gaelic anytime i hear it i'm like wow this is a lot of like a lot of things going on in your mouth like look how they spell siobhan oh yeah siobhan <laughs> sioban sioban yeah. i read a book once in english class like in grade 12 yeah. and like the, there was a character named siobhan and i'm pretty sure i said sioban like 10 <laughs> times I'm, and I nobody think, corrected because me because that's what everyone nobody thought. else yeah. knew <laughs> yeah. they're like oh she's just Cyan, yeah. correct I when I lived in Ireland, I actually there was a bunch of crazy names, and Siobhan was one of them. And I remember speaking to someone named Siobhan, and yeah. assuming that it was spelled like S H I, like whatever. And then I saw yeah. the spelling, and I was just like, "Why is it this?" And they're like, "We can't tell you why it's spelled <laughs> just the way it is." Sioban, like Sersha, like Sersha, like Ailish. Yeah. Oh my god, Eilish. Eilish. Mita, how are you? Hi, Nadim. <laughs> I'm living and breathing. Excellent. Good to hear. Another day Good under the hear. sun. And yeah. How are you? It's another day of sun. I'm tired. Yeah. Having a newborn will do that. You have two kids now. two kids, yeah. Can you believe it? Sometimes I can. Sometimes it seems very natural. Like this is people are like, does it feel different? And I'm like, no, it really doesn't. I just have yeah. two kids. That's it. You're I'm just a... always under chaos. <laughs> yeah. Currently, that's really what it is. Like my daughter is off from daycare today, and you feel it the most when she's around because mm-hmm. my son right now is sleeping a lot, and then he eats and poops, Good. and that's it. What a life! What a life! That's how everyone should be living. I mean, I live like that. Too. <laughs> Generally speaking, I live like that too. There's a couple yeah. of things that happen. I accomplish those things in a day as yeah. well. <laughs> I accomplish a lot during those periods. Yeah. My sister was actually down over the weekend, and so the house was. And my she has an she has a boy who's a year and a half, and he's very cute, but he's also a boy who's a year and a half. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of energy and a lot of like yelling and running, and it, it was cute. No roughhousing. Uh, it was a little bit of rough housing, but not much. Yeah. He's 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 a good kid. But when she was here, we actually decided to watch Luca. Okay, yeah. So after my daughter and my nephew went to sleep, all of the adults, <laughs> all of the 30 plus adults, except my brother who's 23, we all sat and watched Luca by Pixar. Yeah, a Pixar movie. A Pixar I guess movie. like your brother is the child in this scenario. It was for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone likes a Pixar movie. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about Luca, because I've been bugging you all day about it. Yeah. And then I said, let's save it for a small talk. A little underwhelming, I'll say. Okay. Yeah. I think it's definitely not one of Pixar's best. And mm. while watching it yesterday, I was kind of like, I think the Pixar renaissance is done. Mm, I think I think we're at a place now with Pixar, because the other movies that have come out, I haven't actually really seen them. I didn't see Onward. I haven't seen Soul. I want to see Soul. And I hear very good Please things soul. about Soul. 
but like Onward and Rhea and like all of these other Pixar movies, they don't seem to have the gravitas of like Ratatouille and Finding Nemo and Up and like, do you remember there was a period in the early 2000s where Disney Pixar movies every summer was this like 10 out of 10. It was a hit. It was a hit. And it wasn't just a hit yeah. with kids. It was a hit with adults. Critics. Yeah. It was a hit with critics. They were excellent movies. And we just aren't seeing that in The Incredibles. I love The Incredibles. And like it kind of, it's definitely gone down. Yeah. Do you feel like it's the fact that they have to turn out these movies every single year and maybe they're not putting their best efforts into it? I mean, right? Yeah. Like how can you? Like, the story yeah. for this was very, very... It was very cute, don't get me wrong, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it felt very child-oriented, which is kind of weird to say for a movie that is meant for kids. For kids, yeah. But Pixar movies always felt like... They walk that fine line of like what's for a kid and what's for an adult. But even more than that, I felt like Pixar movies were actually always aimed at adults that just happened to be entertaining for kids. Mm-hmm. The stories they were telling, the themes they were addressing were really quite adult. And even something like... Finding Nemo, for instance, which is about, you know, it's about a parent who loses their child and the parent's quest to find their child. And like learning to deal with grief and post-traumatic yeah. syndrome. Yeah. And then like Up, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which has, which is a Pixar movie that has a miscarriage happen in it. And like yeah. even Monsters, Inc., for instance, like there's, these are movies that I think they really, I think they hit on real adult themes and adult feelings. But yeah. they always had gags and images and things that kids could really, you know, gravitate to. And that was always like Ratatouille, for instance. That is a bonkers movie that somehow works. But that is all about a, that is really an adult made movie. Like it really yeah. is a, a, a big it's, it's a movie for big people. But Luca just felt like a kid's movie. Oh, that's a it's a little it's a little bit of a letdown, I'll say. Way to ruin it for me. <laughs> you can watch it. And honestly, I wouldn't say don't watch it. It's not like Cars. Cars I hate. Yeah. I think Cars is so boring. <laughs> you don't love Owen Wilson? No. I honestly think Cars is just so bland as a film. So it's not that. I haven't seen it, so. you, you Honestly, you don't need to. This I, would, I think you actually might enjoy this. It's a good Sunday movie, Misa. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll watch it this coming yeah, Sunday. I would then. recommend it for a solid Sunday. Love it. Because this Sunday, I spent my time scrolling through Instagram and watching J-Lo and Ben Affleck. I was going to ask you. (laughs) Okay. I just want to say that I predicted this. I put this in my Instagram stories months ago. As soon as we found out about her and A-Rod breaking up, I called it. I was like, J-Lo and Ben Affleck are going to get back together. And I also thought, like, they're going to recreate the loved or not loved the Jenny from the Jenny block, from the block music video. video. And this weekend, these two people are on a yacht. She's in a bikini. She's lying down on her back and he is tapping her bottom. And it is the exact replica of, of the Jenny from the block video. They are recreating the music video and I am ecstatic for them. You think they're recreating? Do you think this is all a ruse or do you actually think they're dating? I think it's both. I think they are like dating and they're seeing each other and then they're also like wouldn't it be funny if we did this and we uh, yeah first of all jennifer lopez at 52 jesus well she has good doctors <laughs> let's be honest okay? i don't think she's doing lipo though i don't think that's what it is no but i think she like she has a lot of money and a yes. lot of resources that she can like afford to look that good there is realistically <laughs> she has like a 
a live-in trainer. Like she has yeah. someone who is living with her to keep her. She has someone who will cook all, all her, her meals. meals. For like her. there's, don't get me wrong. There's, she has the resources to look like that, but she also yeah. puts the work to look like that. Work in, yeah, yeah like that's true. she is, phys- she's physically doing the workouts and she's eating the, the food, the fruit, the broccoli, like all day long. She's lathering herself in olive, olive oil. oil. She's doing every the things every single day. It's just, it's just some rest and relaxation. <laughs> I still love well. her though. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. no. She just looks amazing. But also, I, I, it would be so nice in a weird, weird way if she ended up with Ben Affleck, Nick Dunn. I actually if Jenny from the Block ended up were, with Nick Dunn. They were meant to be together all those years ago, yeah. but it was the paparazzi that got in the way. Do you think you um, Jennifer Garner and Jennifer Lopez will get along? Yes. I think they Jennifer Garner is the salt of the earth. <laughs> I think I've said this before. She is like the kindest human being. And I fully 100% believe that. I yeah. don't think there's like a nasty bone in her body. And she's always going to be open. I think they live very different lives. Yeah. yeah. And but raise I actually their kids think very differently. Very differently. Yeah. Which would be interesting. But J-Lo has her kids. Ben has his kids. Yeah. It'll be... Yeah, Ben's kids are like older now though too. Like I think one of them is like fifteen. They're older than J Lo's kids, yeah. J Lo's kids, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that Jennifer Lopez will get in the way. You don't? No, but I also think they'll just they'll all live in harmony together. I can actually see that. I can see Jennifer yeah. Lopez and Jennifer Garner getting along, and Mark Anthony and Ben Affleck might get along. I can see them getting along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Mark Anthony is still forgettable to get as a person. I always forget who she had kids with. Mark Anthony. <laughs> Mark Anthony. She has twins. She has twins. Boy and a girl? A boy and a girl. Good for her. Max and Esme. Why do you know so much about these people? I have somewhat of a photogenic memory in that when I see something once, like, I can remember movies the year they came out because I can see the IMDb page in my head. (laughs) But the date is always, like, in the corner in, like, gray text. Yeah, but I can know the year at least. I mean, fair. It's still weird. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. This brain does what it wants. It doesn't listen to me at all. <laughs> oh, Mitha, could you tell me what yeah. your Brooklyn came out? 2015. Oh. Because well <laughs> I've looked at it a lot on IMDb. Of late, I, yes. Because late, yeah. <laughs> that is what we watched this week. We did. We did. Is it my turn to give the IMDb description? <laughs> no, I will. Okay, you. go ahead. You guys, every week I make... <laughs> Just like a little layout of what the what it looks like, what we're going to be talking yeah. about. But no like actual points to what, just like the order of things. And we do the same order every single week. This is episode what? Like 64, 65, something, 64, yeah. Something in the 60s. Yeah. And this kid here <laughs> still doesn't know who does what in what no order. No joke, it is open on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Not even reading. Oh, do I need to keep doing them? Yeah. No, I think we okay. need them for continuity's sake. Okay, okay, I'll keep doing them. But yes. But that being said, <laughs> the IMDb description for Brooklyn is yeah. as follows. An Irish immigrant lands in 1950s Brooklyn, where she quickly falls into a romance with a local. When her past catches up with her, she must choose between two countries and lives that exist within them. Okay, so before <laughs> yeah. I say anything, I just want to say about that log line, it's accurate technically speaking like that is uh-huh. the story but this makes it sound insanely cheesy as a film and like a lot more scandalous yeah, than you think it would it yeah. really makes it sound like a tonally different film 
So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Say, yeah. yeah. Do with that what you Do will. Do with that what you will. Which you will. But Nadim, I would like to know why you chose Brooklyn. Okay, so I saw Brooklyn back in 2015. When mm-hmm. it first came out, it was getting great reviews. I have always liked Saoirse Ronan. Like, really, yeah. ever since Atonement, I've always liked Saoirse. I've always found her funny and nice to watch in talk shows, but a great actress. And she was getting some great reviews for this. And so I went inside at the Bytown. The Bytown is a art house cinema here in Ottawa. That Me and closed? My, I think, no, someone else bought it out. Oh, It was okay. going to close, and now it's not. There you go. So we went, and I, don't, I feel like it was a weekend afternoon. And it was packed. It was packed. I have never seen the theater this busy. It was so busy. Yeah, it was so strange. It also has a like telefilm, the Canadian public funding. They uh, partially produced. Oh, because they shot in Montreal. They shot in Montreal. So it's a partially Canadian film. So maybe that was the influence. I remember seeing this and just having this emotional reaction that I was not expecting to it. I I thought this would be a nice period piece with a nice performance. And that would be it. And... Over the years, Brooklyn has really stayed with me. I remember once I was home and I had HBO for free or something and I wasn't doing mm-hmm. anything and I just thought, oh, Brooklyn's... It was the second time Brooklyn was watching, was on. And I was just like, oh, let's just see. I ended up watching the whole thing, like without any intention of doing so. And it's a movie that anytime I watch, anytime I watch, it makes me feel. Yeah. It makes me feel so many things, way more than a lot of movies can. And... I was really surprised almost that you hadn't seen this, but I do realize that it is, relatively speaking, a pretty small film. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, in 2016, nominated for Best Picture, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay, which are three major Academy Awards, but didn't win any. So when you hadn't seen this, I wanted to show it to you. But I will say that since I picked it, and since I decided to pick it for this episode... You have said many times you don't love period movies and you don't love period romances and you don't love period dramas. So I was a little, I actually was planning on picking this a little earlier in the rotation and I kept on pushing it off. And then I actually picked it this time because I just wanted something light. I I really felt like watching this and I'm like, I'm definitely picking this movie and let's pick something that's going to be easy for me to watch. So that's why we picked it now. But generally we picked it because of how the movie has made me feel. Oh, okay. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm taking a little bit of offense to the I don't like period. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I should specify there are certain periods in history that I do not like. Okay. And I think a major thing, a major reason why I had never seen this was because I was under the impression that it took place, like, in the early 1900s, like, when Irish immigrants were coming to New York and, like, going to Ellis Island and all that. And that doesn't really interest (laughs) me at all. And so when I started this... that description makes this sound like something. Right? It makes you think, like, I didn't read the 1950s part back in the day. I guess maybe I never looked it up. I did. So I obviously I know who Saoirse Ronan is mm-hmm. because like I fell in love with her in Atonement. Yeah. I love the lovely bones despite what people say about it. I think she's really good in that as well. And like I really enjoyed seeing her grow up in front of the yeah. camera essentially and like grow into a really respectable actress. 
really respectable so, actress. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I had the interest of like, okay, what's Brooklyn? But then watching the trailer, I don't know why. I thought it was like the early 1900s and Irish immigrants. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to skip this one. Because that year was also Room. That year was Joy. Yeah. That year was The Big Short. Yeah. That year, there was a lot, a lot of, of things stuff happening. That year, yeah. And a lot of things to watch. That was Spotlight, right? That's uh, yeah, I think it was Gone Girl that year too. Was it? Yeah, it was a big year. I remember that being a really good year. No, because it's not the same year as like uh, Wild. Because Wild and Gone Girl are the same year. Okay. That was the year of Reese and everybody was like, 2014, Reese, so the year before. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of things happening at that time of like what to watch and when to watch. Yeah. I also was younger and like didn't have the means to go like see. See every movie. Yeah. yeah. Every movie that I would want to. I don't do what I do today. Yeah. Basically. Um, and so this one, I just sort of like let it pass and mm. I've let it pass over the years. And I've always heard really great things about it, especially her performance. But I skipped it because I thought it was in the early 1900s. Mm. But it's not. It's in the 1950s, mm. which is very palatable for me. Mm. I can accept okay, that. Know. And I like that time period. I like the 50s onward. Good. I like the 20s too, but like I like the, the 50s, 50s onward. Yeah. I, I, I can see that the 50s is a little bit more palatable of a time period. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> When it comes, like, once technology comes into play, I can kind of accept it a little but bit. But technology means sound... the telephone. <laughs> really, that's it. I sound so, so much like a millennial right now. Yeah, I, you really I apologize. do. <laughs> I apologize. I'm not, I'm, I'm really, I'm, millennial. I'm much more than that, yeah. but <laughs> not in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, once I realized it was the 50s, I started this and I did really enjoy it. I was taken away by the story. And then you had mentioned last week that it was written by um, Nick, Nick Hornby. Hornby, who also wrote one of my other favorite movies, Nick An Horn. Education. Yes, yes. An Education. Yeah. <laughs> an Education. Yeah. And watching this throughout the entire time, I kept thinking about yeah. the, about An Education as well, because it has that same like, there's like that similar tone. Tone, yeah. And that this is just like, this is storytelling. This isn't going to be like some like big action movie that yeah. you're going to be watching or you're not supposed to be like taken away with the costumes yeah. in terms of a period piece. Like all of the clothing and everything and the art direction is very nice, but it's not something that I'm going to be like, wow, focus, like yeah. this is crazy. But yes, I, I did enjoy it much more than I knew because it was in the 1950s. Okay, good. Because <laughs> even while I watched it this time, I was just like, I, I couldn't, I didn't know if you would like this or not. Because okay. it is, let's discuss. Okay. <laughs> so this is a film about immigration, ultimately, but it yeah. stars white people. <laughs> and I find that I did not expect to feel as emotionally invested in her journey as I did. And that, I okay. think, is the thing I take away the most, is that every time I watch this, how Ailish feels, like when she, I rem that scene where she, re she, she finally gets a letter from her sister and she's like waiting to read it and she like cries herself to sleep on the bed. I, I watch it and I'm like, that's exactly probably how that feels. It would be, right? Like it, you really, it, it felt so authentic. Every, mm -hmm. like the way she, the way it's written and then the way she portrays it, that trepidation, that nervousness, that sadness, that homesickness, like you, you feel everything she feels. Mm -hmm. And that is so rare in a film, I think. And, like, so hard to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, like, all of the right things to come into yes. place for that. But especially her performance. Performance. It is yeah. largely her performance because 
you feel the ebb and flow of Ailish as a human. And that's, yeah. it's really remarkable. You see how sad she is. You understand how sad she is. You, like, it, it, nothing is a surprise. And then when she finally meets Tony, mm-hmm. you become, I don't know about you, you become so invested in their love story. Because I, I really like Tony. <laughs> yeah, he was so endearing and they were so endearing together. And what yeah. I really liked is that there's a line in this where while I was watching it, I was just like, you know, in this day, this this day and age where we talk about women not needing men. Here is a man who is essentially, you know, in one way or another, saving her from herself. Mm-hmm. But she says in a letter to her sister, she says he's not he, I don't remember what she says, but she says he's not. I don't need him, but it's nice to know I have someone. I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of it. She's not saying mm-hmm. he's saving her, but like when she creates a connection with someone, she's essentially starting to cement her roots in her home. And that is through people. You don't do that through other things. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to what you were saying, though, about like this is about white people, I did have that preconception of like, am I going to like this? Because like, yeah. why would I care? Especially like in today's age, mm-hmm. why would I care about a white person's immigration journey and like what they're going through? And the writing of this just, it's so simple, mm-hmm. but it's done perfectly. Yep. And like, I think in any other movie, this could have gone like terribly wrong, yeah. but all of these things pull together so nicely that it's a simple story. You don't need to like think too much of it. And it's so easy to relate to and have that connection mm-hmm. with her um, and to like live through these stories with her. I do wonder though, like, did this not get the award recognition that maybe it deserved because of its simplicity? Possibly. Yeah. It's a very, like, it's interesting because this and uh, an education, and it, an education is based on a true story. But yes. they are, they, it's, it's very much like you're saying, they're both really based on very simplistic storytelling. Like, Nick Hornby mm-hmm. isn't. He's not writing something complex, but he takes characters and builds a very simple narrative out of them. And you just focus on that narrative. But he does it so well. Yeah. He does it really quite well. I think, did he write about a boy as well? That would make sense. Yeah, I can. (laughs) I also love about a boy. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just quickly look that up. About a boy. Yeah, he did. He wrote the novel, though. Oh, okay. But still, generally speaking, no, someone else wrote the screenplay. But generally speaking, it's still his his work, his narrative, his storytelling. Storytelling, yeah. Yeah. But this is also adapted from a book. Brooklyn is, yes, exactly. Yeah. I have a question for you. Have you ever seen The Namesake? No. Oh, you What's haven't? That? The Namesake <laughs> is a book by Jhumpa Lahiri, and then it was adapted into a movie with uh, Tabu and Derfan Khan and Cal Penn. Okay. And it's essentially about... Cal yeah, it's a weird casting. And it's uh, directed by Mira Nair. Oh, I like Mira Nair. Yeah, so it's essentially about the this couple who immigrates to Boston, I want to say, um, from, okay. I think, Calcutta. And it's about the immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. I connected more to Brooklyn than I did to that. Oh, wow. Interesting. And I always Do th- you think that's because we are first generation, though? But our, and- Like, we don't... We've seen things through our parents' eyes, obviously, but we didn't live what our parents lived. Like, sometimes I think I take for granted what their situation might have been because I don't know what that experience is like. I do. So, maybe. That's very true. And I think that's... And because, like, sorry, but looking at Brooklyn, mm-hmm. 
I could relate to her in a way of like when I moved to Toronto for the first time, like adjusting in that way. This is about like homesickness and battling those emotions of like, why am I not living this like easier, more comfortable Mm -hmm. life, the life I've always known? Why am I going into this new world where I have to discover all these new things and Mm. make changes? That's maybe a little bit more relatable than like seeing our, our own family's experiences on screen. I will say that, like, similar to you, when I lived in Dublin, when I moved to Dublin to go to school, mm-hmm. I cried myself to sleep that first night. You were eyeless. I, I was eyeless. I totally, <laughs> I totally cried myself to sleep. I felt very alone. I felt very sad. I remember thinking this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And the next day, a common friend, like one of my friends was friends with this girl, and she was actually in Dublin to do med school. And I had, like, peripherally known we were going to be at the same university. There's a knock on the door. And she, I opened it and she was there and we gave each other the biggest hug. Like we were like lifelong friends and it was just nice. She's Indian and it was just nice to see someone from like your old world and like recognize that. And so I think maybe watching this, I I can, I understood to a much smaller degree what she must have felt. I had the internet and a phone and like. I had flown on a plane to like there was this. My you didn't situ- get sick on the boat. <laughs> did not get sick on the boat. Did not have to poo in a a bucket. <laughs> but generally speaking, like I really understood, and I think what what gets to me about Brooklyn the most is when she finally settles in and she has to go back to Ireland. Is how invested you are in her choices. Mm-hmm. Like, is she gonna stay or is she gonna go? And the. You almost I'm start to res- so mad. You start to resent her when <laughs> yeah. she ignores Tony's letters. When she, when you can tell that she's she's kind of veering in the direction of staying in Ireland. You're like, but what about your husband? Right, but then you also understand it because yeah. you're like, oh, Jim is like, is it Jim? Is that a Jimmy? Thing? Yeah, Jim is a very nice man too, and that would be a good life yeah. for her as well. And then her oh, her poor mother. Her poor mother. It it is it is a situation where you understand everything. And you're sitting there, you're like, I don't know what, like, what's she going to do? Because there's pros and cons of every situation. It's just, it's, it puts you in a position of understanding a character better than any film I've ever experienced. Oh, Brooklyn. (laughs) But I, okay, but then I was thinking of an education the entire Mm -hmm. time, just because it really hit home, like, oh, this is very similar. And then I kept comparing them in my mind. I was like, which one do I like better? And I like an education better. Why? Because I think there is a little bit more intrigue with that story of like, who is this mysterious mm-hmm. man? What is Peter Sarsgaard's deal? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's married. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. He's married. <laughs> he's, he's married yeah. and like is very troublesome. Yeah. But it's like, well, what is she going to do now? She's given up her education. She has to get an education. And I felt more inquisitive and like wanting to know what was going on a lot more than I was in this. For this, I was like along for the ride. And mm. I was like, I'll take it as it's coming. But I did find an education to be better. How old were you when you saw an education? And where were you at in your life at that time? An education was 2014, right? No. Uh, it was it was before I was married. I got married in 2010. An education's that old? Yeah. No. Let me look. Oh, it was 2009. Yeah. I don't think I watched it when it came out, but probably shortly after. So in my early 20s, for sure. I remember watching young. it in my room. <laughs> <laughs> where you're young and you're in school and the possible Cool, and you're like, oh, I just finished this. You know what? I just finished my university degree. <laughs> Why did I do that? Like, I don't yeah. I don't like school. <laughs> All these, like, 
different questions. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But and this is not to say I love an education. An education is also similar to Brooklyn. It is a movie that I can I pop in every now and then. Yeah. When I just want to kill comforting. the time. It's such a comforting film. An amazing performance by Carrie Mulligan. Some really witty, funny dialogue. It's really clever. It is always perplexing how Carrie Mulligan's parents let her go on a date with this adult male. Mm-hmm. I never understand that. And I kind of, at some point, I'm just kind of like, we're just going to let this slide. I feel like at that time, the prospect of your daughter getting married was just like so exhilarating for parents and so exciting. She's 15. Yeah, that's, that's true too. I don't know. Because like I think about when I think of my own family, yeah. there have been people within my family who were very young and they met their their who would be their spouse. Yeah. And that that person, the one in particular I'm thinking of, that person was significantly older than them as well. Mm-hmm. And the idea of like, oh, like my child is going to go be with this person and live a better life than I have currently. Like I'm excited for them for that. I think that's maybe what the mindset is like. Maybe. But I wonder, like, would you, if somebody came to your If a daughter, 30-year-old man was like, I want to date your 15-year-old daughter, I'd be like, get the half out of my house. I, I just, I don't. I think the difference. It was a different time. It was a different time. Fair enough. But <laughs> yeah. I think even in your like your situation that you mentioned, it's circumstantially different. I don't know. This is going to sound so dumb, and I don't mean it to. It's just different in the Indian culture, because the goal was to get women married young. Married young, so yeah, and then start having a family start having a family. Whereas, but that also was the goal in an in the fifties. When was that? An education it was set in the sixties, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't that know. was the goal then too. It always per- all this to say. It always perplexes me, but it's not enough for me to be uninterested in the movie because I I find it I honestly find an education so charming. I'm like looking at um his filmography right now. Nick Hornby. And like it's about a boy. Yeah. About a boy, which is like a good comfort movie yeah. for me. High Fidelity, which yeah. is a good comfort movie. Juliet Naked, which I don't like it, but like if you wanted me to watch it again, I totally <laughs> would. <laughs> Like, I know it's yeah. not a great movie, but I was like, yeah, I'll watch I'll that do again. This, yeah. Why not? yeah, it has its moments. I just really like um, Rose Byrne, too. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, he just like knows how to comfort people. And what I really like is he writes women very well. Yes. Very like. Yeah. He writes them very full, very realistic and very honest. Like they're not. It's the whole like Madonna horror kind of syndrome. It's And mm-hmm. you, typically when men write. Women, they're either one or the other. No, he writes them very much just like, this is a woman who exists. Like, Ailish is a virgin, but it has nothing to do with her life. And when she chooses to have sex before being married, that's her choice. And it's not it's not a and big deal. And also there isn't like some big internal speech about yeah, it Yeah, exactly. It just happens. It just happens. It's happenstance. It's, about, it's part of life. It's, it's Exactly. It's like things yeah. happen very naturalistically in it. And his characters, they're complex, but they're not crazy yes. or like these extremes of what a woman is yeah. like they're very they're just they're complex but natural so one thing i've again i always like brooklyn but one thing i'm always a little uh like hiccup on mm-hmm. is not the end because i'll get to the end in a second but the her realization in ireland when she's talking to old miss kelly and mm. she realizes that miss kelly is this like nosy woman who's about to like town gossip town gossip and she realizes that like this is what i left this small town mentality i always feel like that's a weak plot point yeah i, I don't understand why that's the driving force yes. 
to her to realize that she wants to go back to her husband america <laughs> yeah like her yeah. life and her husband and part of me is always like should set i feel like something else should have done it but what i don't know because i i, I think maybe that conversation with her mother i think there could have been more there that would have been like yeah. if her mother came to the realization of like no you do have this life you should be living yeah. this life there. It's okay for you to have this life. Yeah. But I don't think her mother thought it was okay. I think her mother was more just like, if that's what you're going to live, then you have to live it. But I don't know if her mother's necessarily okay with it. No, I'm saying like if there was, maybe that could have been a better ending mm -hmm. than her experiencing the town gossip mill and being like, oh, yeah. I'm so mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I always yeah. find that a little weak. However, I always forgive it because that end scene always makes me cry i find yeah. it so endearing when she when she ends up back in brooklyn and you know the voiceover of what she's talking to that girl on the the boat and she's oh. standing there and tony comes out and he sees her and you see you see how he feels and his like sense of like it's it's such a like it's such a moment of like it's <laughs> so cheesy but it feels it's like love do. it really feels it like like you feel that emotion between them in his sense of like gratitude and like relief that she's back and her sense of like I'm making the right decision like it really yeah. all is wrapped up in that one moment and it just feels so it feels so warm and loving and like these are not emotions that are hard sorry easy <laughs> they're not emotions that, yeah no. at all and this movie makes them look so simplistic and maybe I think that's why this didn't do as well that year at the Academy Awards, because it made super complicated things look easy. It's just too, too natural. Maybe. I think moviegoers and like critics and the Academy, they forget about that stuff. They forget how hard it can be to make something seem like it is real life when it's so natural. Yeah. I keep saying natural, but that's the word that keeps yeah. coming to mind. Because, like, I also think about that year, like, The Martian was that year. Yeah. Revenant was that year. And it's so, it's these sort of, like, big Word dramatic man. things happening. And there's a lot of, there's stuff to do with space and art direction yeah. and technology. And, like, putting in all these different elements. Or even something like The Big Short, which, like, in terms of its script, adds in different things yeah. that you necessarily wouldn't have seen in a movie before. It's flashier. Yeah. And so like they forget that, you know, at its simplest form, that this is what movie making should be. And mm -hmm. like what it should get that recognition. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I totally agree that this is actually Mad Max was that year. Mad, Mad Max? Max was that year, I yeah. I love Mad Max though. <laughs> I love Mad Max because Mad Would Max you have it is ironically very similar in that <laughs> wait, wait for it. I'm going somewhere with this. Nadeem's <laughs> college essay, Brooklyn and Mad Max. The same movie. Two of the same movie. <laughs> the tale of two movies. But what I mean is that Mad Max, for all its show, is yeah. a very simplistic film. It is a two-hour car chase yeah. with a real real story yeah. attached to it. I'll give you that, yeah. It is a, it is a two-hour car chase, but it's, it's not complicated. It's not a complicated film to understand, but what it does, it does so well mm -hmm. and in many ways it's it's a showy film obviously like mad max is mad max is george miller being like 
how much crap can I fill into this movie? Can I <laughs> and he and still make it good. And still make it good. <laughs> Mad Max is so entertaining to watch. It is like, mm-hmm. it is it is a it is an adrenaline ride, and this is the opposite of an adrenaline ride. It's really just like a warm winter blanket, but still entertaining. Still entertaining. It's funny. Yeah. It's cute. It's. It's like a good cup of soup. It is. It is a good cup of soup. This is actually a movie I watch when I'm sick. Like when I really just, when I don't feel, it's, it honestly, this movie, I I find it so comforting and so warm and it just makes me feel good Mm -hmm. in a a way that very few movies can. Yeah. I also love that sequence when they're in, when they, he goes to Long Island or like what is meant to be Long Island. What's going to be their home. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see that like. The relationship they have and how they're living, you're like, this is someone's grandparents' life. It is. This is some some person you know who is of Irish and Italian descent. This was how their grandparents met. Think about that temper, though. <laughs> you think know. about all the concealed emotions. So many concealed temper. emotions. But I do think that like the, the plausibility of this film is so real. Like Someone lived like this. This is somebody's this grandparents is somebody's that grandparents. we just yeah. watched. Yeah. It's so nice. Which, like, is a good segue into my sequel yes. ideas because I would like a movie made today mm-hmm. about their, okay, they got married in the 50s, so they probably had kids in the 60s. I think they're grandchildren. I would like to see where their grandchildren are in terms of, like, the world today. Yeah. And I want to see Nick Hornby take today because – the other thing I'm noticing about these movies of his that I love is that they're set periods. in a time. Yeah. They're set in periods that, like, even about a boy, which is the early 2000s, mm-hmm. but the early 2000s is not 2021, it let me tell no. you. And so I, will, I just, like, wonder what he could do with the world today yeah. and, like, show those kids and their relationships and what it's like. Maybe they have to go to Ireland to, like sell the family home or something i don't know or italy or italy who knows maybe it's luca i don't know what luca's plot is <laughs> it's not even close it's not luca okay that's actually really cute right you know remember i told you to watch that movie that there's a hindi movie called love Ajkal, but the original one with saif ali khan and i've seen both yeah the not i don't want to talk about the second one but the first one that's essentially <laughs> because the first second one's terrible the first one i love and i think it's such an the underrated sec- yeah i guess the first one is kind of that, that idea. idea. That idea. Yeah. So it's essentially this film about this couple in a modern time. And the movie starts off with them breaking up. And the whole movie is whether they can stay bro- broken up. But it uh, goes back and forth between their current love story and then a love story from the 50s. Where this couple kind of had this like cute clandestine relationship. And how love, the evolution of what love has essentially become. What it was mm-hmm. back then and what it is now. It's actually very clever and it's very well written, but I think Nick Hornby, for instance, could probably do wonders with like an American version of that. Yeah. I just wonder what he would do with like social media, <laughs> like yeah. the, the world that we own. Oh, but maybe wow. he's just an old soul and like he doesn't think social media kills like things. I know. That's why I want to see what he does with it. Yeah. I want to see if he to take on that challenge. A lot of writers actually really hate the advent of cell phones because they ruin movie magic. Yeah, because the idea that you could just text someone or call someone or like that instant communication really makes it difficult to sell stories. And now like all these horror movies have to implement it. Yeah, and, like, of course. The killer has our cell phone number. Yeah, exactly. Kill us. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> just dumb crap yeah. like that. It's just, yeah. you know, this movie is told it's, it's such a simpler time. It sounds mm-hmm. so dumb to say, but it really is just such a simpler time. It's a simpler, kinder, heartwarming time. It is. Yeah. I'm going to get my rating. 
Okay, go for it. Wait, hold on. I need to pull up my spreadsheet. Oh my God, yes. Don't go for it. Okay. I didn't even do it yet. Oh my gosh. Put in some filler music. Some Gaelic show tunes. Okay, Brooklyn. Tell me, Nadim, go for it. Okay, I love this movie. I really do. I think it's such a warm film. It's such a nice film. I don't see anyone watching this and finding it boring. So, And that's weird to say because I think this movie could have been so much worse than it was. Like, so much worse. That logline that Mita read at the beginning of this review is exactly what this movie is about. And there is a world where the movie that is produced from that logline is like that logline. It's this cheesy romance, maybe drama, about this love triangle that develops between this woman and the men in her life and like all of that and the complication. It's not about that. This is really fine. The story is about a woman who immigrates to America. She falls in love with a man here. She goes back to Ireland. She falls in love with a man there. And then she has to make a choice of what she's going to do. But this is really about a woman deciding what mean, what is home to her. And that is really what this is about. What is home? What constitutes home? Is home where you grew up, where all your friends are, where your family is? Or is home where you plant roots? I think that's such a simple, powerful question this movie is trying to say. And the movie is mm-hmm. actually trying to say that home is where you decide it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with where you were or where you go. It's where you decide it's going to be. And this does it so well. I actually cannot express this enough. I know I say this about all the movies I recommend because obviously I recommend them because I like them and I want other people to see them. But I could see the flaws in other films and I can see the flaws in this one too. But Brooklyn is such a it's a little miracle of a film. It really is. It's a really sweet film that has a really sweet message, really great performances. It's really witty and funny at times. You, It doesn't feel long. It's just under two hours. This movie is so worth your time. Like, it just can't express it enough. It's so worth your time to sit down and just enjoy it on a rainy day with, like, some coffee or tea or soup. And it, it will make you feel good after watching it. It'll leave a, such a good taste in your mouth. And not all movies can do that. And for all of those reasons, clearly I'm going with four stars. Four stars for Nadimo. Okay. My turn? Yes. Did you ever have the chicken soup for the soul books? Yeah. Like when you were growing yeah. up? Yeah. And like, so I had a couple of them when I, like, or like, I would take them out from the library. And I never understood chicken soup for the yeah. soul. Like, I remember reading the stories in there and being like, okay, yeah. like, that's <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah. And, but some of the stories I still ha- remember in my brain, which is weird. But I was never, I never quite understood that sentiment of like what chicken soup for the soul is. Yeah. But this movie is chicken literally that soul, sentiment. Yeah. Like it's finally clicking in and that it's just so comforting. And like, even though I'm not sick, it's nice to have that warm hug around you. Yeah. And I think that that is few and far between, especially today, and so hard to be able to master. And they do master it here. Um, there's nothing where I'm like, oh, like that could have been changed or this would have been better. And there's nothing too little and nothing too much about it. It's just, right. It's literally like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And it's just so heartwarming and nice to see. I was so happy that it wasn't set in the early 1900s (laughs) and that it's the 1950s. And aside from this being like just a very lovely story to hear, 
visually it's very compelling Mm -hmm. like there are some beautiful shots of ireland beautiful shots of like what is supposed to be brooklyn Mm -hmm. but it's montreal montreal canada (laughs) it's montreal so it kind of made me want to go visit montreal it's like where is that i would like (laughs) to like see that yeah where's that beach um that they made coney island no that was actually coney island oh okay they shot a couple (laughs) they shot a couple of things in New York and Coney Island. In New York, okay. Fair. Well, that Coney Island looked really nice yeah. in the 1950s. Um, but even like costumes and whatnot, yeah. like it's very on point, but it, it's not it's not screaming at you, mm-hmm. which is so nice to see. I think so often when you have period pieces, that's ho- their entire intention is like, look at this period yeah. piece. We're going to win all the Oscars. Yeah. And this just has such a subtlety to it that is just remarkable to see and delightful and that the whole word that kept coming into my mind is like this is delightful like this is just it's so nice and so for that i'm gonna give it four stars as well yeah brooklyn i do like an education better though so go watch an education and then go watch brooklyn honestly you can just watch them both on a sunday and it would you would have such a good time you really honestly you would have such a good time watching an education Take a break for some soup and grilled cheese and then come and watch Brooklyn. What kind of soup with your grilled cheese? Tomato. You like just tomato? Just simple yeah. tomato. So then you don't put any tomato in your grilled cheese? No, just simple grilled cheese. No. Because An Education and Brooklyn are both simple <laughs> films. We don't want to overcomplicate things. This is fair, yes. I'm... I started putting grilled cheeses in the air fryer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did a chef's actually, kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad you liked this, Mita. Very, very glad. I liked it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Will you watch Good it? Good choice. Do you think you'd watch it again? Yeah, yeah. I would. I wouldn't. I have to rent this. Yeah. I wouldn't pay for it because it's not available on any streaming. Yeah. But if it was on streaming and I just needed something on, yeah. then yeah, I would totally put this on. Excellent. It's very nice. Good. Good. But now that this is done, Meet, though, we move on to different characters. Same world. But I'm bum. Okay, Nadim. So this is an interesting week for us. So I have a double feature Mm. for us today. So I will give you some direction so you're not kind of like lost in the wind here. So one of these is from one movie. The other two is from the other movie. So you have three hints. One is from one movie. Two are from the other movie. Am I watching Illegally Blonde 1 and 2? Way to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? I actually got sick in the theater watching Lily Blonde too. Like it was literally, that bad? I don't know if that was what it was, but I started. I got a, a cold oh, no. like that week, and it happened while yeah, I was in the yeah. theater. Like I got the chills, oh, and no. I was sweating, and like I thought I got sick from popcorn. <laughs> you could food poisoning. It was really weird, right? Yeah. And so for years after, I didn't eat popcorn at the movie oh, wow. theater because I thought I was sick from popcorn. But anyways, <laughs> back to this. Bring it back. Yes. Okay, so yes. So one is from one movie, two are from another movie. One of this is related to the director. Of both movies? Of one of the movies. Okay. And then the other two are actors in another movie. Okay. Okay. So your hints. Am I going to get this? No, probably not. (laughs) But (laughs) we'll we'll see. All right. We'll see. Okay. So your characters are... Cry Baby, Selena Kyle, Vincent Vega, and your timer starts now. Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. Selena Kyle, 
Vincent uh-huh. Vega is Ving Rhames? No. What were you thinking? Pulp Fiction? You're in that right realm. You're just in the wrong actor. Vincent Vega. Oh, is that uh, Samuel L. Jackson? No. But very close. John Travolta? Yeah. Am I watching Grease <laughs> 1 and 2? No. <laughs> You're at 30 seconds. So John Travolta, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, and who yeah. is the first one? Cry Baby. 40 seconds. So I'm watching a movie with... Am I watching Saturday Night Fever 1 and 2? No. There's a second one. There is, yeah. <laughs> no. Nine seconds. Oh, God. I don't know. Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, you're in like the, a good realm. You're guessing. Like time okay. frame? What? There you go. Okay. okay. Not time frame, more um, genre. Oh, it's a musical. Yeah, okay. it's a musical. So Cry Baby is a character from the movie Cry Baby, which was directed by John Waters. Okay. Am I watching Hairspray original in the Hairspray remake? You are. Okay. It's exciting. Okay. I have seen the yes. Hairspray remake. I, I knew that. Okay. I knew that going in. But I don't believe you've ever seen the I haven't original. seen the original, no. Which is directed by John Waters. Is, so I yes. feel like that's just like a good time for everybody. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. The only other John Waters movie I've seen is Pink Flamingos. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you, you understand John Waters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. John Waters as a human. Yes. And directing style. Is he human? That's, <laughs> we're not sure. Okay. So, okay. So I guess... Yeah, I really just need to watch the original Hairspray, and then if I have time, I can rewatch because I've seen Hairspray. Well, you a few should times. watch both. I feel like you should watch both. Fine, Mita. And I'll go into reasons why I picked these two next week okay. and and the whatnot. So but not, I think okay. you should watch. Both. So not really sequels, but movies in the same realm. Remakes. Remakes. Yeah. Fascinating. Adaptations, Adaptations. if you will. This is a good, interesting yeah. choice, Mita. Yeah, I thought so. We'll find out what this is like. Yeah. Hairspray and hairspray. Hairspray and hairspray. So exciting. You can't stop the beat ever since the whole world began. <laughs> uh, Be prepared for me to sing break out the into song entire and dance. episode. God, yeah. it's going to be a fun episode, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to then, do you have some beautiful parting words from Brooklyn, Mita? For the record, I... Mita and I usually come to a conclusion on what these parting words are going to be. But this week, we did not. So Mita's actually going to select them ad hoc right now. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for it? I'm bracing myself. My name is Eilish Fiorello. Okay. <laughs> Why that one? I sh- When she said it, I was like, damn right your name is Eilish Fiorello. You tell them what your yeah. name is. You tell them what your name is. And who you are. Fiorello is her name that she's taken from her husband. Yeah. So Mita's essentially ruined the ending of the movie. <laughs> you listened this far. <laughs> you should know. She goes back to New York. Or am I lying? No, she's not. You told them what happened at the end. <laughs> I did. I did. Talked about how it made me cry. So there's no yeah. getting past it. There we go. But yes, that was the beautiful Brooklyn Friends Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for a double dose of hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> Have a lovely week, friends. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on, and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. To
Stimmel, Schikard, Lämmer. 